Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Pay-Per-View, where I review the papers and big headlines over the week and place events and headlines in their due context in the weekly podcast. And the first subject this week is... 5G. Viral theory. Bizarre 5G-caused coronavirus conspiracy theory that spread on YouTube is still going viral on WhatsApp. A conspiracy theory claiming that 5G has caused the coronavirus outbreak is doing the rounds on WhatsApp. The concept is thought to have gained popularity last month when a YouTube video supporting the claim was heavily criticised for spreading bogus information during a very real crisis. The video was filmed at a US health conference. It shows a presentation by Dr. Thomas Cowan and was published by the account Parents for Healthcare Rights. During this presentation, Cowan claims that Africa was not as affected by the coronavirus outbreak because it is not a 5G region. However, since the video was published, the World Health Organization has confirmed thousands of COVID-19 cases in Africa. The World Health Organization, funded by the United States government, owned by Colt and Bill Gates second biggest funder of the World Health Organization, which was created by the Rockefeller family, one of the one of the elite families, and headed currently by a guy called Ted Ross, who was found guilty of covering up cholera epidemics in Ethiopia in three separate outbreaks in 2006, 2009 and 2011. Just the guy you want running the World Health Organization at this time. The article continues. Claims of lies have been slammed and debunked online, but that has not stopped some people taking to Twitter trying to prove Cowan's point. Now Twitter is full of people highlighting that the 5G theory is spreading via a lengthy WhatsApp voice note. There are also those that are highlighting that 5G should not be connected to the respiratory virus. According to the Huffington Post, Dr. Georgia C. Benjamin, Executive Director of the American Public Health Association, said, COVID-19 is caused by a virus that came through a natural animal source and has no relation to 5G or any radiation-linked technology. Other people have stressed that the human race have faced deadly virus outbreaks way before the invention of mobile fitness. This includes the 1918 Spanish flu that ended up infecting around 500 million people. We are currently working with health ministries and NGOs all over the world, including the World Health Organization and the UK government, to provide official coronavirus information helplines to allow people to ask questions about the virus and to receive official trusted health advice. We are supporting the work of fact checkers around the world to help debunk myths about coronavirus across all social platforms and we have introduced a series of product changes to address the spread of such messages on a platform, such as reducing the number of people you can forward a message to just five chats at once and introducing the forwarded and highly forwarded labels to highlight when you should stop and think about whether you should share something that has been shared multiple times. We would encourage all users to check facts online before sharing messages that have been forwarded to them, and we encourage all users to engage directly with trusted and official sources for important health information. Don't think for yourself then, just let those sources tell you what to think. In other words, now, I've seen on social media, I've seen clueless people who've never done a minute's research in their lives, and won't, and mocking the claim that 5G could have any link to the virus. Claims from people, not all of them necessarily, but some who actually have taken the time to research for themselves. I've seen health authorities, experts, so-called doctors, journalists, claiming there's no link. None of them have done any research into 5G beyond the official line, which is basically that there's nothing to be concerned about. And how 5G interacts with the body, even, especially people on social media, what 5G even is. So here's some cutting-edge scientific information you won't find from unresearched people on social media and from health authorities and doctors working within the national health system. And people are getting demonised for talking about this. I don't care. People say, to quote one person I saw on social media, that anybody who talks about this is a waste of breath. Well, actually, that's quite an interesting choice of words, as I get to. But not only do I not care what people think, I don't care what it makes me for talking about it. 
because I'm just interested in the truth, whatever that is. I'll decide what I am based on information, not and research, not opinion. How about this? How many people mocking those talking about 5G know about this? When a cell is poisoned or toxified, the immune system, in an attempt to cleanse the cell and flush out the toxins, releases what are known as exosomes. These are part of the natural immune response of the body. When you look at images of exosomes under the microscope and COVID-19 inside the cell, they are exactly the same. When you compare the attributes of exosomes of COVID-19, they are, again, exactly the same. They even bind to the same receptors on the cell called ACE2 receptors. It's very possible that what's happened is these exosomes have been found and renamed COVID-19. PCR tests, actually RT-PCR test, does not test for COVID-19. There is no gold standard test for COVID-19. They only test for genetic material, which can be caused by a wide range of different causes. People will just have to decide for themselves what they think of that possibility that what is called exosomes has actually been ident misidentified as COVID-19. Brilliant presentation by a forensic psychiatrist and healing consultant, a doctor basically called Dr. Andrew Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N, called a breakdown on current testing procedures, which you can watch on YouTube, explains how this works in great detail. And there's a great interview with him called US Doctor. How can you make a vaccine for something never proven to exist? Put those words into YouTube and you'll find a great interview with him. Another doctor, Thomas Cowan, the one mentioned in this article, has also been talking about this subject. Dr. James Hildreth, MD, Johns Hopkins University, has said the virus is fully an exosome in every sense of the word. And as I said, where are these exosomes found in the body of apparent COVID-19 sufferers? In the lungs. Where do cytokines as a result of a cytokine storm, end up, which I talked about in episode 67, in the lungs. And that adds a new dimension of understanding of this whole situation. I've talked about 5G in episodes 8, 12, and 22, because unlike the mindless people on social media mocking people talking about it, I've actually researched it. And I've talked about it over three episodes so far. So see those episodes for more information on 5G from a more general perspective. 5G as it's being rolled out now, and even as telecommunication industry admits, and I know because I've asked, is not the full power of 5G. So if problems are being caused now by 5G, we've seen nothing yet compared with where they want to take 5G emissions. I've seen it suggested, and in fact, I saw it admitted on the website of a company selling 5G technology, which I'll link to in the description of this episode, that at 60 gigahertz, 5G stops the body absorbing oxygen. What was that comment again on social media? People who talk about the connection between 5G and the virus are a waste of breath. Oxygen. And what are we told this COVID-19 is? A respiratory virus. 5G masks are being installed to a greater extent now than they were before this virus situation, so-called. And of course, with everybody locked down, it's harder for people to, basically impossible for people to resist it. And this as this 5G is rolled out and is activated, will only trigger more exosome release, which can be mistaken for more COVID-19 cases, justifying longer lockdown and more draconian measures. What are the causes of exosome release? Toxins in food and drink. And other causes, I go into the toxicity in society in episode 25. We're surrounded by toxicity. Fear and stress, bit of that about lately. And among other causes, 
technologically generated electromagnetic radiation fields, which I talk about in episode 44, part 2, and which includes more than any other example, 5G. And I found another article, very interesting, on this subject, although it wasn't written on this subject. This is in the mirror. Coronavirus may cause brain issues that lead to altered mental states, scientists warn. From a high fever to a loss of taste and smell, coronavirus is known to be associated with a range of nasty symptoms. Now scientists have warned that the virus could also cause brain issues that lead to an altered mental state. Researchers from the Henry Ford Health System have reported an unusual case of brain inflammation linked to COVID-19. A 58-year-old woman who tested positive for COVID-19. Testing positive is not the same thing as having COVID-19, for reasons I've explained developed a case of acute necrotizing encephalitis, ANE, a central nervous infection. Dr. Alyssa Forey, who was part of the research team, said this is significant for all providers to be aware of and looking out for in patients who present with an altered level of consciousness. We need to be thinking of how we're going to incorporate patients with severe neurological disease into our treatment paradigm. This complication is as devastating as severe lung disease. ANE is a rare, severe and rapidly progressing disease that affects the brain and usually develops shortly after a viral infection. It's previously been linked to infections like influenza, chicken pox and enterovirus and now it seems the condition could also be associated with COVID-19. Aside from her coronavirus symptoms of fever and cough, the woman who was unnamed also presented with confusion, fatigue and disorientation. An MRI scan identified abnormal lesions in her brain, confirming doctors' suspicions that she had A&E. While this is believed to be the first case of A&E linked to COVID-19, the researchers urged doctors to be aware of a possible link. In their study published in Radiology, the researchers said, as the number of patients with COVID-19 increases worldwide, clinicians and radiologists should be watching for this presentation among patients presenting with COVID-19, an altered mental status. Now, COVID-19 does not cause that brain alteration. What's happened is, it's been assumed like it is in so many the cases of so many other people, that what the person's suffering from is COVID-19, and they've thought, well, what, what COVID-19-like illness could cause brain problems? And they've come up with A&E. But I'll tell you what can cause altered mental status. I'll tell you what can absolutely cause it. 5G. That's one of the foundation effects of technologically generated electromagnetic radiation fields on the brain and body. And how many other people are going to have similar symptoms as a result and be labelled A.N.E. sufferers, like this woman in this article? But don't worry, because people who talk about that are a waste of breath. Says someone who's done a total of zero seconds of research, like the person I saw on social media the other day. This is a big, big area on research. Fundamentally relevant to current events. It's not popular to say that, and it's not seemed to be sensible to say that, but I didn't care because it happens to be the truth. And this is why people talking about it are being censored on social media and on internet platforms and video sharing platforms. The extent of censorship on this subject is unlike anything I've ever seen before. I've talked about the censorship of the internet giants before, not least in episode 27 where I point out how and why Silicon Valley, this concentrated area in California, has the greatest level of censorship and surveillance power the world has ever seen. So yes, I've seen censorship before, but on this subject, it's quite unlike anything else. And that only means one thing. There is a connection, because there's only one reason that would happen on that scale, and that's that there is a connection. The BBC and ITN have contacted YouTube and Vimeo, another big video sharing site, Vimeo, and basically encouraged them to 
take down content of people questioning 5G. Quite what it's got to do with them, I don't know, but they have. And they've admitted it, basically. Why they should care what someone, some random person, or maybe even a well-known person, questioning 5G on uploading a video about it, or doing an interview and that video being uploaded on YouTube or Vimeo. Why it should bother the BBC and ITN, I don't know, but it has. And the level of censorship and condemnation that you're seeing with discussion over any possible link between 5G and coronavirus means there is a link. Otherwise, what would it matter? If it is so ridiculous, then what does it matter if people discuss it? Debate people talking about it. Take them apart. If it's so easy to take the argument apart, do it. Then that's that settled. Then we can move on. Show how ludicrous it is. That's the end of that. But no, what we've got is historic censorship of any discussion of the Ofcom, Office of Communications in Britain, the media watchdog, has told major media organisations, and probably smaller ones, that they will face serious sanctions if they have any debate on their platforms over any connection between 5G and coronavirus. Why? And it's a combination of cold calculation on behalf of those driving this, and in the most part, clueless people, like the person in wrote this article, the journalist who wrote this article, Charlotte Edwards, calling it a ridiculous theory and a bizarre idea. Charlotte Edwards has never done 10 seconds of research in her life into 5G. Same with all these other journalists writing other articles that I've seen say the same thing. You may have noticed a theme this year of solutions. Every year of pay-per-view has had a theme. The theme this year is solutions, and one solution in this context is to get informed about 5G, to actually do some research, which I know is like the R word, which is like garlic to a vampire to most people. Research from a lot of people is something they only ever see in a nightmare. But get informed about 5G beyond the official sources of information on the subject and share the information to as many people as possible. Because, as I said, where 5G is now is only a starting point. It's nowhere near where it's planned to go. People either face this now and mock the idea now or face it later. When, by the way... Their symptoms as a result of exposure to 5G and 60 gigahertz or anywhere around that will be classified as COVID-19 by clueless GP or nurse or doctor. So the cause won't be identified, which means the cause will remain, which means the problem can come back again and again and again. And the lockdowns will go on and on and on. And it's like a quote I saw once, brilliant quote. You can ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. And that perfectly applies to 5G. So the solution here is very simple. If there's an effort to censor discussion about 5G and its possible connection to virus situation, which I say is a fundamental connection, then getting informed and sharing that information is fundamental to any solution. And if we don't, then we are, especially if we allow 5G to go on to 60 gigahertz and beyond. I mean, China, of all places, is already talking about 6G. We have a choice. We face this or we don't, and we face the consequences later. And I found another article very interesting on this subject, although it wasn't written on this subject. This is in the mirror. Coronavirus may cause brain issues that lead to altered mental states, scientists warn. From a high fever to a loss of taste and smell, coronavirus is known to be associated with a range of nasty symptoms. Now scientists have warned that the virus can also cause brain issues that lead to an altered mental state. Researchers from the Henry Ford Health System have reported an unusual case of brain inflammation linked to COVID-19. A 58-year-old woman who tested positive with COVID-19. Testing positive is not the same thing as having COVID-19, for reasons I've explained. 
developed a case of acute necrotizing encephalitis, ANE, a central nervous infection. Dr. Alyssa Forey, who was part of the research team, said this is significant for all providers to be aware of and looking out for in patients who present with an altered level of consciousness. We need to be thinking of how we're going to incorporate patients with severe neurological disease into our treatment paradigm. This complication is as devastating as severe lung disease. ANE is a rare, severe and rapidly progressing disease that affects the brain and usually develops shortly after a viral infection. It's previously been linked to infections like influenza, chicken pox and enterovirus and now it seems the condition could also be associated with COVID-19. Aside from her coronavirus symptoms of fever and cough, the woman who was unnamed also presented with confusion, fatigue and disorientation. An MRI scan identified abnormal lesions in her brain, confirming doctors' suspicions that she had A&E. While this is believed to be the first case of A&E linked to COVID-19, the researchers urged doctors to be aware of a possible link. In their study published in Radiology, the researchers said, as the number of patients with COVID-19 increases worldwide. Clinicians and radiologists should be watching for this presentation among patients presenting with COVID-19 and altered mental status. Now, COVID-19 does not cause that brain alteration. What's happened is it's been assumed, like it is in so many the cases of so many other people, that what the person's suffering from is COVID-19, and they've thought, well, what what COVID-19-like illness could cause brain problems and they've come up with A&E but I'll tell you what can cause altered mental status I'll tell you what can absolutely cause it 5G that's one of the foundation effects of technologically generated electromagnetic radiation fields on the brain and body and how many other people are going to have similar symptoms as a result and be labeled A&E sufferers like this woman in this article but don't worry because people who talk about that are a waste of breath says someone who's done a total of zero seconds of research like the person I saw on social media the other day. This is a big, big area on research. Fundamentally relevant to current events. It's not popular to say that and it's not seemed to be sensible to say that but I don't care because it happens to be the truth and this is why people talking about it are being censored on social media and on internet platforms and video sharing platforms. The extent of censorship on this subject is unlike anything I've ever seen before. I've talked about the censorship of the internet giants before, not least in episode 27, where I point out how and why Silicon Valley, this concentrated area in California, has the greatest level of censorship and surveillance power the world has ever seen. So yes, I've seen censorship before, but on this subject, it's quite unlike anything else. And that only means one thing. There is a connection because there's only one reason that would happen on that scale, and that's that there is a connection. The BBC and ITN have contacted YouTube and Vimeo, another big video sharing site, Vimeo, and basically encouraged them to take down content of people questioning 5G. Quite what it's got to do with them, I don't know, but they have, and they've admitted it, basically. Why they should care what someone, some random person, or maybe even a well-known person, questioning 5G on a, uploading a video about it or doing an interview and that video being uploaded on YouTube or Vimeo. Why it should bother the BBC and ITN, I don't know, but it has. And the level of censorship and condemnation that you're seeing with discussion over any possible link between 5G and coronavirus means there is a link. Otherwise, what would it matter? If it is so ridiculous, then what does it matter if people discuss it? Debate people talking about it. Take them apart. If it's so easy to take the argument apart, do it then that's that settled, then we can move on. Show how ludicrous it is, that's the end of that. But no, what we've got is historic 
censorship of any discussion of the Ofcom, Office of Communications in Britain, the media watchdog, has told major media organisations and probably smaller ones that they will face serious sanctions if they have any debate on their platforms over any connection between 5G and coronavirus. Why? And it's a combination of cold calculation on behalf of those driving this and in the most part clueless people like the person who wrote this article, the journalist who wrote this article, Charlotte Edwards, calling it a ridiculous theory and a bizarre idea. Charlotte Edwards has never done 10 seconds of research in her life into 5G. Same with all these other journalists writing other articles that I've seen saying the same thing. You may have noticed a theme this year of solutions. Every year of pay-per-view has had a theme. The theme this year is solutions and one solution in this context is to get informed about 5G to actually do some research, which I know is like the R word, which is like garlic to a vampire to most people. Research from a lot of people is something they only ever see in a nightmare. But get informed about 5G beyond the official sources of information on the subject and share the information to as many people as possible. Because, as I said, where 5G is now is only the starting point. It's nowhere near where it's planned to go. People either face this now and mock the idea now or face it later. When, by the way, their symptoms as a result of exposure to 5G and 60 gigahertz or anywhere around that will be classified as COVID-19 by a clueless GP or nurse or doctor. So the cause won't be identified, which means the cause will remain, which means the problem can come back again and again and again. And the lockdowns will go on and on and on. And it's like a quote I saw once, brilliant quote. You can ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. And that perfectly applies to 5G. So the solution here is very simple. If there's an effort to censor discussion about 5G and its possible connection to this virus situation, which I say is a fundamental connection, then obviously get informed and share that information. And the next subject this week is morgues. This is in the Daily Mail. Exclusive morgue the size of two football pitches is being built in East London to hold thousands of coronavirus victims from NHS Nightingale as Britain's death toll surges by 563 to 2,352. Well, that's going by the official figures and the way that they're counting the figures. And you can create a surge or a dip in figures just on the way that the testing is done and the way the figures are recorded. The article says, a new morgue which can hold thousands of tragic COVID-19 victims, including those from the Nightingale Coronavirus Hospital, is being built in East London. The mortuary, about the size of the two football pitches, is being developed on forest land close to the City of London crematorium and cemetery and is expected to take the dead from the new Nightingale Hospital at the Excel Centre. The morgue is proximity to the hospital, which is less than three miles away, and the cemetery has been planned to make it easier to ferry bodies from the temporary mortuary to their final resting place or the furnaces. The grim news of the development was relayed to local residents in letters placed through their letterboxes from Newham Mayor Roxanne Fias. Around the same time, builders began erecting wooden fencing around the site and diggers moved in. The construction of the mortuary 
is the latest development to battle the pandemic after the government put out makeshift testing facilities at IKEA in Wembley and another swabbing site at Chessington. Downing Street is desperately trying to ramp up the number of checks carried out amid fears 85% of self-isolating NHS staff might be off unnecessarily due to a lack of screening. Number 10 today admitted just 2,000 frontline NHS workers have been tested for coronavirus. Ms Fiaz wrote, The facility will act as a holding point before a respectful and dignified cremation or burial can take place to send a loved one on their final journey. We know that coronavirus is deadly and so far 1,789 people have died in the UK. We know that the number of deaths will rise. That is why as part of the government's response, additional mortuary space is being found and one of those is Manor Flats in the Manor Park area of Newham. But she warned families of coronavirus victims. Sadly, relatives will not be able to visit the site. She added, Public Health England have also strongly advised that mourners should not take part in any rituals or practices that bring them into close contact with the body of the person who has died or with symptoms of coronavirus since there was a small but real risk of transmission from the body of a deceased person. She admitted that residents would be concerned about increased risks of infection by the preparations for the hospital and had produced an FAQ sheet to help them. Nightingale Hospital has a capacity to treat 4,000 victims. 4,000, that number keeps recurring so many times. 4,000, 400,000. I linked to a video in, in the description of the last episode. Points out the number of times 4,000, 400,000 keeps recurring in articles anyway the article continues local resident joe clancy said the first people living opposite the massive morgue knew about it was when fencing was put up mr clancy 68 a retired journalist said i asked one of the workmen what was happening and he said he didn't know but believed it was connected to coronavirus everything is these days it was only when i got the mayor's letter that it was confirmed as a massive morgue it is pretty depressing to think all those bodies will be stored right opposite my home where i can see them more but these are extremely difficult times it looks as if it can hold tens of thousands of bodies and that is very frightening everyone around here is astonished at the speed it went up lorries and vans stated arriving started arriving that should be before nine in the morning and by mid-afternoon the area had been completely fenced off people are concerned about the noise from generators that may be used to keep the bodies cool and the disturbance from floodlighting and extra traffic the facility will cause we obviously hope that everyone abides by the rules for keeping safe and that the morgue will never be used to its maximum capacity we have to sympathize with the families and their officials it is an awful thing the world is going through we know that the coronavirus could be extremely virulent and at least professionals will be dealing with the removal and storage of bodies i don't think any of the residents living opposite the morgue will worry too much about infection from it but it's really depressing thing to happen to the neighborhood well i don't agree with all of that but some of it is worth hearing now point is that when you look at the numbers of dead and what would be the projected numbers of dead from coronavirus as things are and then you look at what 5g is capable of causing especially 60 gigahertz and on building those morgues would make no sense because there's morgues in other places as well. Those morgues would not make sense unless they were being built for victims of 5G. Is that what these morgues are really being built for? Because 5G, widely used at 60 gigahertz, will trigger a lot of people filling those morgues. So I'm not saying that's the plan. I'm just saying it's worth considering. And if people do start dropping like nine pins... With 5G at 60 gigahertz, then we need to seriously look at this because as a cause and effect, I mean, that's as obvious as you can get really in that situation. And the next subject this week is testing kits. This is in the Evening Standard. Testing kits which were headed to the UK have been found to be contaminated with the coronavirus. 
The government has said that it aims to boost the rate of tests to 25,000 every day by the end of April at the latest and has asked private companies to help drive up test production. But one production firm, Luxembourg-based manufacturer Eurofins, told UK Labs on Monday that deliveries will be delayed as core parts have been contaminated with the virus, the Telegraph reported. This should not significantly affect the UK's testing efforts, government sources told the paper. Well, going by the official version of what coronavirus is, how would it not affect it? The news comes after days of confusion over how much testing the UK is doing. Cabinet Minister Michael Gove said on Sunday that the UK had met its target for this stage of the coronavirus response, with 10,000 tests done that day. But Public Health England later released figures showing that just over 8,000 tests have been done in the previous 24 hours, although the NHS had the capacity for more than 10,000. Meanwhile, a former director of the World Health Organization has criticised the UK's testing efforts. Professor Anthony Costello, who now works at University College London, told BBC Radio 4's Today programme that the UK is not using its resources as efficiently as countries like Germany, which is doing 70,000 tests per day. He said, we have 44 molecular virology labs in the UK. If they were doing 400 tests a day, it would be up to Germany levels of testing, and that is perfectly feasible. If you look at Korea, they have done 490,000 tests. Their death rate is 3 per million, and they have suppressed the virus. I don't see why we can't get these 44 labs up and running finding cases and testing. We must go to mass testing, and when you remove the lockdown, then we will have a control mechanism which will enable us to wait without socially distancing the whole country for drugs or a vaccine for herd immunity. Well, the RT-PCR test does not test for COVID-19. There is no gold standard test for COVID-19, only for genetic material extracted from lung fluid. Wuhan is notorious for toxic air, as is Lombardy in Italy, I talk about what is known as a cytokine storm in episode 67, an immune system response which in this case attacks the lungs, an immune response which can be caused by a wide variety of different causes, not least in this context, pollution. Lung fluid genetic material was extracted and believed to be a coronavirus illness named COVID-19 and the coronavirus family includes the common cold and other similar illnesses. This genetic material was apparently sequenced and became known as COVID-19. The RT-PCR test needs a sample as a template, basically, to understand what it's testing for. And that template is this genetic material, which can be present from a variety of different causes. China was the origin of what's known as COVID-19. And in a very short time, China's society is restarting. The economy is restarting. People are going back to working out on the streets and they're going back to relatively normal life, at least. And without a vaccine, I might add. How can that happen? Changing the testing, diagnostic and reporting methods, that's how. If you do that, the numbers can plummet instantly. I talked in the last episode about the manipulation and questionable facts and figures. People are being diagnosed with COVID-19 almost no matter what they go in hospital for. A 1970s British comedian called Eddie Large, one half of comedy duo Little and Large, went into hospital at 78 with heart failure. And he died quite obviously of heart failure, but COVID-19 was the cause of death officially recorded. And this is massively part of the manipulation of the figures. Almost no matter what you go in hospital for, it's recorded as a COVID-19 death. So it adds to the figures. And if you go in hospital with something unrelated, but you show symptoms of COVID-19, then you are recorded as a COVID-19 statistic. And if you die, to have died of COVID-19. And healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, only a few though, are admitting they're being told to record the cause of death as COVID-19, no matter what the person has actually died of. And this adds 
more people to the statistics which to the statistics which are then used to scare the shit out of people even more another scam in hospitals and again a few healthcare workers are admitting this is that elderly people are being pressured to sign do not resuscitate forms and then those elderly people's cause of death is recorded as COVID-19 even if they were in hospital for another reason I heard a story recently about someone who went in hospital for an, or- an elderly woman went in hospital for an orthopedic problem and she was recorded as a COVID-19 case because everyone's being tested but the test is testing for genetic material which can be there from a wide variety of causes add this to what i said in the last episode and we don't even know the true figures and yet half the world is in lockdown so what can we do well healthcare workers and more of them can start coming out and speaking out about the manipulation of the figures in the way i've just described citizen journalists as they're called are going into hospitals and filming empty hospitals in different countries, Britain, America, Germany, etc., while the media gives us the impression of war zone hospitals. They're even using stock footage and images in some cases because the reality of the hospital they're talking about is that it's empty or near empty. I linked to some of the anomalies, videos and postings on social media in the description of the last episode, and one of the anomalies featured in that list is empty hospitals and stock footage. Healthcare workers could speak out about this, if not through the media, if they can't get a platform, then through social media. And instead of thinking about the consequences for them in the short term, which stops some of these healthcare workers, think longer term about the consequences of not speaking out for them and their families because of the effect on wider society of the propaganda continuing unchallenged. And I talk about what that effect would be and already is to a massive extent in episode 67. So people have a choice and it's one that needs to be made now. The final subject this week is China. This is the Daily Mail. China was once the cradle of the coronavirus pandemic, but it has bounced back with astonishing speed, writes Edward Lucas as he reveals the country may have won the war for global supremacy as well. China has, it seems, won its battle against the coronavirus. It may have won the war for global supremacy as well. That would be a paradoxical outcome. The coronavirus outbreak originated in China, reportedly in the wet livestock markets in the city of Wuhan. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that, as I've said. Perhaps I don't. The two worst bizarre habits of eating virus-infested wildlife such as snakes and bats, as well as the critically endangered pangolin on sale in these markets is a minority taste in modern China. It's interesting that nobody's considered the possibility that those early cases are actually food poisoning. Why is that not being suggested in the media? Mind you, I probably answered my own question there. Anyway, the article continues. In an interconnected, densely populated urban environment, it is an epidemiological nightmare and a danger that the Chinese authorities have ignored. Delaying deceit over the origins of the outbreak costs precious time and many thousands of lives both in China and subsequently in the rest of the world. Indeed, the Chinese Communist Party is still lying about the true number of cases and deaths, according to a new US intelligence report leaked this week. It has led to an increasingly intense war of wars between the two nations. But as other countries struggle to cope with the pandemic, China's relative success is striking. There are obvious reasons for that. Unconstrained by considerations such as legality and privacy, the authoritarian regime used and is still using mandatory quarantine and other draconian measures such as tracking individuals through their mobile phones, which Israel is also doing, infrared cameras to measure fever and facial recognition software to stop the pandemic in its tracks. While we in the West struggle with lockdown and social distancing, life in almost all of China is returning to normal as restrictions are partially or wholly lifted. Transport between cities resumes, factories start producing and warehouses start stockpiling goods again. Well, people have said, how can it have happened so quickly? How can China have recovered so quickly and go back to normal? Well, if you test in a certain way, 
and diagnose in a certain way and report figures based on the way that you diagnose and test. Then if you change the way you diagnose and test, then you're going to get different figures. As I made clear in the previous episode, this whole pandemic is a numbers game. It's a numbers game. That's where the figures are coming from, not people. It's testing and diagnosing methods. That's what the pandemic is. It's not people where the figures are coming from. The article continues. A timely new book by an Asian expert, Kishore Mabubani, puts the question bluntly, has China won? His argument is that the decisive and effective Chinese leadership has outstripped the United States whose economic, political and social model is failing, and the Trump administration's cat-handed response to the coronavirus pandemic is surely proof of this. Well, I think I've said before that China would be praised for the way it's handled this pandemic, alleged pandemic, and that would justify China's draconian totalitarian measures in the West. The article continues. Though Mabubani overlooked some of China's flaws, the veteran Singaporean diplomat's scathing critique of Western conceit, greed and myopia is all too justified. It makes the bombastic talking down in street of a reckoning with China once the pandemic is over seem dangerously overconfident. It is one thing to stand up to Vladimir Putin's crooks and spooks in the Kremlin, Russia's shrunken, stagnant economy exports little apart from natural resources. I talk about the bigger picture too, the Russia situation in episode 25. China is another matter. Our thirst for cheap goods has fueled the boom there, making it the world's manufacturing powerhouse and a vital part of our supply chain. Untangling those relationships will be a slow and costly business, even if we do so together with our allies. As Charles Parton, once the top China watcher in the British government, argues in the latest edition of Standpoint magazine, we do not have a strategy for dealing with China, but China has a strategy for dealing with us. For years, the Beijing regime has been playing divide and rule against a squabbling and self-indulgent West. Well, the plan is, as I've said before, for a massive conflict between the West and China. There's a great documentary by a guy called John Pilger, proper journalist in the mainstream media, called The Coming War with China, which you can find on the internet. I recommend watching it. US military bases are surrounding China and have been for a while now. I saw a great meme on the internet which said, China really wants war with America. Look how close they put their country to our military bases. Brilliant. The article continues. China put its tactics into a new gear during the pandemic. First, it sprayed the media landscape with absurd theories, claiming, for example, that the coronavirus was engineered in an American lab as part of a plot to damage China. I don't believe the virus was engineered in the Wuhan lab, for reasons I've said already. Then it highlighted the weaknesses in other countries' approach to the outbreak under the guise of helping them. It used its manufacturing clout to ship what seemed like huge quantities of medical supplies to hard-hit countries accompanied by demands for diplomatic and political concessions. Again, this story was largely manufactured for the media. Much of this aid represented deliveries based on existing commercial contracts, but the image of a confident, capable and generous China, a true superpower, contrasts all too sharply with the flailing response of Donald Trump in America or indeed the increasingly hapless efforts of our own government. But for all our frustration at our own leaders, we cannot ignore how this pandemic has highlighted China's long-term strategy and motivation. Being no doubt, the People's Republic of China aims by 2049 to dominate the world. That is not paranoid scaremongering, it is the explicit goal of the Chinese leader, Emperor Xi Jinping. He wants his country to be fully developed, rich and powerful, and at first sight, few would quarrel with that. The Chinese people's brains and hard work have indeed lifted the country from the destitution and terror caused by the insanity of Chairman Mao's hardline ideological experiments. Where communism failed, capitalism has triumphed. Well, I've said before that where the world is moving is not an ism it's a technocracy 
a society run by technology and technocrats, unelected technocrats and bureaucrats like Elon Musk in Silicon Valley, like Bill Gates, like George Soros, who I talk about in episode three. People who are deemed as technical experts, including bankers, by the way, which has happened in Italy, a society run by technology and constant surveillance and artificial intelligence, which is planned to be run from a central point, which, as I explain in an episode called All Roads Lead to Israel, that central point is designed to be Israel, and I explain why. Israel is the biggest tech hub in the world, second only to Silicon Valley, and there is a massive control of Silicon Valley from Israel and the elite Zionist network. Anyway, I, I explain more in that episode. The article continues. Booming Chinese metropolises make our own cities seem shabby and backward. Chinese products are often better, more modern and more reliable than their Western counterparts. We should rejoice at the Chinese people's newfound prosperity just as we should admire their culture, but we should fear the ruthless regime that rules them. For though the Chinese Communist Party speaks of friendly East-West cooperation, its unbridled ambitions are anything but friendly. It wields ruthless diplomatic, economic, military and technological power in pursuit of this aim, a world run along Chinese rules. Well, what we have in China... It's not so much China wanting to take over the world as the cult that controls Chinese society as it controls Israel, Britain, America, all the major countries and, and others controlling the world through China. The article continues. These rules should chill our hearts. The first is that the party's word is law. Criticism is muffled at home by the Great Firewall of China, which prevents 1.4 billion people receiving online information from the outside world. Communications between Chinese people are monitored and censored. Those who speak out pay a fearsome price. Well, Silicon Valley, as I talk about in episode 25, is censoring and surveilling to a historic extent, an unprecedented historic extent. There's never been censorship and surveillance on the scale of Silicon Valley until Silicon Valley. And I go through the different ways that's being done in that episode. We already know the terrible fate of the country's Muslim minority, the Uyghurs of Western China. Their historic culture has been obliterated with a million or more dispatched to mind control camps where they are forced to breach their religious customs. Uyghur families are forced to accept ethnic Han Chinese men as lodgers and welcome guests who not only police the family's most private moments but demand sexual favours from their hosts. Shamefully, Muslim countries normally vocally support their co-religionists have stayed silent about these abuses. I recently met Liu Jia widow of China's best-known political prisoner, the late Liu Xiaobo. And let us not forget, Li Wenliang, the brave 33-year-old ophthalmologist in Wuhan. After he warned fellow medics of this new infection that could trigger fatal pneumonia and urged them to wear protective clothing, the police forced him to sign a statement admitting that his warning constitutes illegal behaviour. He died last month after contracting coronavirus from patients. Well, I would argue with that, but the article continues. At least we know of his fate. Another whistleblowing doctor in Wuhan, a Fen, simply vanished. The regime's also trying to suppress foreign criticism. Chinese embassies across the world have been lambasting news outlets for critical coverage, spreading accusations of racism, xenophobia and prejudice. It's exactly what Israel does to criticism. A letter from Zhen Rong, the spokesperson at the Chinese embassy in London, published in a British newspaper yesterday, took exactly that line, lambasting a report that carried criticisms of China for its mishandling of coronavirus and arguing for toughening trade restrictions as a result. Disregarding China's huge sacrifice in the fight against COVID-19 is slander, the spokesperson wrote. This followed a similar outburst on Thursday when China accused the US of moral slander, that word again, after the American intelligence community claimed it was downplaying its number of coronavirus cases. This is part of what Mr. Xi calls wolf diplomacy, a newly assertive, taking a prisoner's approach to the outside world. It involves bullying and threats, even after the tiniest and most symbolic opposition. 
It works. Our leaders are scared to speak out on human rights. Meanwhile, the bullies of Beijing also try relentlessly to isolate the other China, the democratic, friendly and prosperous country of Taiwan. It happens to have conquered the coronavirus far more efficiently and humanely than the communist authorities on the mainland, with 348 cases and five deaths to date. It gives real aid to other countries struggling with the pandemic. No matter, the island state is treated as a rebel province. China has nobbled the World Health Organization to the point its UN officials refuse even to mention the word Taiwan in public. When a brave TV reporter from Hong Kong quizzed the Hughes Bruce L. Ward about this, he simply hung up on her. The video of that went viral on the internet, appropriately. There are some things that even a bossiest bureaucrat cannot control, yet. Of course, libraries could be filled with books about the crimes perpetrated by the Chinese Communist Party against its own people in past decades at the cost of tens of millions of lives. Countless atrocities were also perpetrated against the environment. Chinese people rightly point out that our own record is far from perfect. We in Britain got rich by polluting the environment. Remember William Blake's dark satanic meals in Jerusalem? We hunted species to extinction too. In addition, Britain and other Western powers took ruthless advantage of China's weakness, not least during the infamous Opium Wars of the 19th century. But the modern Chinese state makes the British Empire even at its most callous seem benign. Business, political and administrative power are fused. The huge home market and ruthless treatment of outside companies mean the economic playing field is tilted inexorably in China's favour. Any Western company that does business in China has to submit to Chinese rules, which include the presence of a Communist Party cell inside the business with the right to dictate to the nominal management intellectual property is systematically purloined. We can see the terrifying consequences of inaction with Huawei, a so-called independent company. This technology giant is in reality a wholly owned and controlled subsidiary of the Chinese party state. Its devices and software are cheap, but the real cost comes later. By allowing Huawei to play a role in our new 5G mobile network, as our government has done, we give the brutal bureaucrats of Beijing the keys to our country's future. See all this focus on Huawei and 5G and security, when the biggest problem is the electromagnetic radiation from 5G which I've talked about in episode 8, 12 and 22. Some of our closest allies, Australia and the US, have vetoed Huawei's presence in their infrastructure, but not us. Yet China's mass surveillance machine is not just aimed at keeping its own population under control. It is also harvesting data about the outside world. See, this is the irony. All this focus on China and Huawei and security, when Israel is a massive center for cybersecurity, as I explained in All Roads Lead to Israel Part 2, and it has backdoor access to computer systems worldwide, including of military and intelligence networks. No one talks about that, interestingly. Now China is launching an audacious bid to shape the future of the internet. The current anarchic structure is no longer reliable, Chinese officials argue. They are right that the internet, reflecting its roots as a network for amateurs and academics, was never designed for its modern role as the central nervous system of our civilization. It offers enormous scope for criminals, hooligans and other malefactors. But the Chinese proposal to chill our blood, proposed by the telecoms group Huawei, together with state-run companies China Unicom and China Telecom, and the country's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, the new IP standard will be voted on at a November meeting of the International Telecommunications Union, an intergovernmental body that has long wanted control of the internet. The proposal would replace the current decentralised model of the internet, but decision-making about sending and receiving data rests with individual users and their computers, with a top-down model that would in many countries give state-run telecoms companies control of our browsing and internet use. Yet the tide is turning. Many Conservative MPs 
are furious about this country's kowtow to China over Huawei. They also know the damage it is doing to our relationship with countries we share intelligence with. With Huawei influence baked into our telecommunications networks, these countries will no longer be willing or able to share secrets with us in the way we have taken for granted since the 1940s. Other countries are waking up too. The European Union now counts China as a systemic rival. Australia has passed an unprecedented package of new laws, criminalising foreign meddling in its politics and enforcing a mandatory register for those lobbying on behalf of outside powers. We should urgently consider similar measures. Does that include Israel? Foreign meddling in politics. Somehow I doubt it. The book that sounded the alarm in Australia was Silent Invasion by a leading academic called Clive Hamilton. In a tacit affirmation of his thesis, he struggled to get it published, but when it did appear, it became an instant bestseller. His next book, Hidden Hand, is about China's invasion of Britain. Out in early May, it will make alarming reading and should shame those at the heart of our establishment who have taken money and favours from the regime in Beijing. Our plight may seem dire, but we have two effective responses, solidarity and spontaneity. Communist bureaucrats believe that just as they follow rigid plans and hidden instructions, the rest of the world must work the same way. When we act on our own initiative, they are baffled. A free society is full of people and organisations with freedom of action. As individuals, businesses and charities, universities, we can exercise that freedom, downgrading ties with the communist regime and promoting contacts with Taiwan, the campaigners in Hong Kong and those who stand up against bullying inside China. The splendid mayor of Prague, Zdenek Rib, showed the way last year. Chinese representatives threatened sanctions because of the support for human rights. No problem, said Rib. We will boost ties with Taiwan instead. There was also safety in numbers. It is easy to punish an individual person, newspaper, business or country, but the opposition has replicated dozens, scores or hundreds of times across the nations. The pillars are powerless. China is a big country, but it cannot stand up to the whole world. We need to show solidarity with all those who come under fire from China, because if we do not stand by them, who will stand by us when it is our turn to be in the firing line. Many may feel that this is no time to be picking fights. The real reckoning when the crisis passes should not be between Britain and China, but with the bureaucrats and politicians who delayed and bungled their response to COVID-19, inflicting colossal economic, human and social costs on the rest of us. But we should remember that the great virtue of our system is that we are able to hold our rulers to account for their mistakes. Let us hope we can keep it that way. The same cannot be said about China. Well, the Chinese model of a dictatorial, tyrannical, totalitarian regime is the model for the rest of the world. I've said before that China today is the West tomorrow. And China, of course, the economy is reopening in China and people are going back to work and life's going back to normal in China, at least more than it was in the lockdown. And, of course, China is now in a prime position economically to buy up Western stock and Western assets while the West is still in lockdown and facing economic Armageddon. And if the cult that controls all the major countries and other ones like America, Israel, Britain, Germany, France, Australia, Canada, etc. controls China, then it controls far more of the West than it did to start with through China's economic advantage. And you might ask the question, looking at China, how can it have recovered from the virus so quickly? And if you accept there is a virus, some, like the writer of this article, will point to the lockdown. But this so-called pandemic of a virus, which has never been proven to exist, does not need a lockdown to recover from it, clearly if it doesn't exist. It just needs a change in the method of diagnosis and recording of cases and deaths and therefore reporting. And a pandemic can surge or drop instantly based on the method. It's a numbers game. It's not about people, it's about numbers. I linked in the previous episode's description to a video of a series of citizen journalists filming hospitals with their phone cameras in different countries proving these hospitals are empty 
because there's no deadly pandemic. So people are not in hospital for that. And regular appointments and consultations are being cancelled. So they're not in hospital for that either. So no wonder hospitals are empty. Some hospital staff, doctors, nurses are speaking out about this through social media. Some are afraid because they're thinking about their career. But I can tell you, so much of the cult's agenda is being introduced under the guise of protection. And if more hospital staff don't speak out now, then society is going to be utterly transformed in the image of the cult's agenda. Basically, everything I've talked about since pay-per-view began in February 2018 and more, such as cashless society and universal basic income, which I talk about in episode 35, cashless society, universal basic income, guaranteed income for everyone when small businesses and medium-sized businesses and even some of the bigger businesses that are not cult controlled will disappear and when that does and people are in economic deprivation then a guaranteed income will be suggested and i've talked about that in episode 22 a new financial economic system based on a world bank dictating all global finance to every country from a central point all global credit because it will just be obviously merely credit microchip payment in the end human machine interaction which of course we're seeing now probably more than ever as a result of these lockdowns i talk about that in episode 60 where that's designed to lead smart cities episode 20 the 1984 society which is moving on faster now than ever episode 23 brave new world population control synthetic human where does that come into this well of course Because the precedent has been set as a result of lockdown for COVID-19, alleged, then any other manufactured pandemic, and I don't mean, of course, as I've said, manufactured in a laboratory, I mean manufactured as in the perception, then there'll be no debate. Society will just go straight into lockdown. And the more people are kept apart from each other, divide and rule is another benefit for the cult, then, of course, the less physical relationships there are going to be and i've said before that the goal is for a synthetic human eventually and the end of family which is what of course aldous huxley wrote about in brave new world and i talk about that in episode 52 more and more human machine human technology interaction and that technology is designed to be controlled in the end as i've said before by artificial intelligence an end to small and medium-sized business giant corporations only Episode 34, post-democratic society, technocracy. And it's interesting that Britain celebrated, as did I, officially leaving the European Union on 31st of January after the election result in 2016 and the efforts to scupper Brexit. Britain finally left officially the European Union in late January. And then this lockdown happens, this manufactured COVID-19 pandemic and democracy is suspended It's like Morpheus says in The Matrix. Fate, it seems, is not without a sense of irony. Technology addiction being increased. Could have mentioned that one just now. The way technology is changing the brain. I'll talk about that in episode 21. Military law enforcement, eventually robotic, run by AI. Episode 16. Drones to replace human delivery workers, saying that delivery workers are placing themselves at risk, so what we could do is drones instead. Amazon will be massively involved in that and drones to keep check on social distancing that's the way they'll sell it the hunger games society which i've talked about before not least in episode four and episode 35 we're living in different sectors and i've seen it suggested in a video i was watching on youtube about what could happen if 
lockdowns became the new norm and something that was suggested. I'm not saying this is going to happen. It's just a suggestion. Same as the synthetic human brave new world I mentioned just now of a lack of physical interaction because of lockdowns becoming the norm. I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's just a possibility. The, the agenda is for a synthetic human, though that is for certain. One of the things that was suggested in, in this video is there could be uh, what they called a shift society. So people take different shifts, not just at work, but in society in general, to go out and do essential things like shopping and other things that they need to do. And different places in countries could be active at one point in the day and then another place. So it's basically like dividing the country up into sectors, which is what this Hunger Games society is all about. And I've talked about it before. Driverless cars comes into this, which I talked about in episode 34. Smart motorways, which are designed to interact with 5G. Smart grid, the cloud, episode 59, part one. Mandatory vaccinations, which will contain nanotechnology. The transhuman agenda, which I talk about in episodes 10 and 11. And I talk about vaccinations in episode 44, part two. So this is the society unfolding now and that will unfold while the truth, not least the truth about the reality of hospitals at this time, is kept secret. Yes, it's only part of the story, along with the truth about what this virus really is and the testing, diagnostic and recording methods, but it's a vital part of the story and it needs to be spoken about by many, many more doctors, nurses and hospital staff because the more staff speak out, the more it becomes a story, the harder it is to ignore in the mainstream media. And when it comes out... What are hospital management going to do? Fire hospital staff for telling the truth when it's already out in the media. How are they going to look if they do that? How are they going to explain that to the public? Taking the game to the game players, to quote a phrase. That's what we can do. People say, what can we do? Well, play them at their own game. And of course, hospital staff are not the only people responsible by staying quiet and doing what they're told. Mainstream journalists obviously have a role in this. Manufactured hysteria. And people in general, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time to research this or that. Well, now they do. Billions of people in lockdown around the world. There's never been a better time to research beyond the official mainstream media narrative and the official government narrative. Pass information between people. You know, there's many doctors and scientists on YouTube, qualified people, real doctors, questioning this. I mentioned one earlier, Andrew Kaufman. Pass his videos on to people. There's others as well. I mean, there's an abundance of information available out there. Put it in front of people. And you don't have to do it by saying, this is the truth, look at this. Just put it in front of them and say, what do you think of this? Does it sound compelling to you? Does it sound reasonable? We can change this situation. We can. People say, we'll never go back to normal. We can go back to normal. Of course we can. Because normal is only what people accept it to be. The more the truth gets out there, the more people's perception will be different. The more people's reaction to what's happening will be different. If people knew the truth about this whole situation, they'd be responding very differently to it to how they are now, obviously. And they would be demanding that normal comes back in extremely large numbers, obviously. Not least people who own their own businesses. So we can go back to normal. Yes, the economy is the economy and that has taken a massive hit and that in a way, yeah, okay, you can't just snap your fingers and bring it back to how it was. Yeah, okay, the economy is one thing, but society in general and what's happening as a result and what will happen as a result of these lockdowns in this virus manufactured scenario can be changed and overturned. It can, but people have to be prepared to speak out who are in positions to do that and to share the information. 
and speak about the information and then we can change things. So that's it for this week. That's the news, that's the context and connections, that's pay-per-view. More to come next week. Until then, goodbye.